Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Ciroc Point After Ciroc Ultra Premium Vodka. Cajun Cannon, another tough one for this black and gold squad. Falling 30-22 to 22 in L.A. Thursday night football well, against the Rams. And now fall to 7-8 and eight on the season. Well, I don't know if this was supposed to be the playoffs before the playoffs. It sure in the hell didn't look like it. Were we ready to play? I mean, when you look at the beginning of the game, they look like we shouldn't even belong on the field with the Rams. We were getting gash. I'm talking about, I'm looking at plays, I'm taking notes. And I'm like looking at uh, pass receptions they have. Uh, plus 28, uh, plus 11, uh, plus 10. It went on and on and on. It's like double digits. And I said, what are they actually average? It's like they're averaging seven yards of play. Uh, well, don't you get three downs to go 10 yards? And they're averaging seven yards of play? No, listen. I know everybody wants to score points at offense. And our stream is supposed to be our defense. I'm extremely disappointed in our defense. And really, offensive defensive line. We got our behind kicked in the trenches. Uh, well, we did not move anybody. Uh, uh, of the line, they said the tone. The bottom line is all you have to know. Uh, we had we averaged two point two yards a run. What? And they averaged four point two. Well, that's been the whole season. We basically given up four and a half yards uh, uh, a game, and we've only gained three and a half. Except today, we only got uh, two point two yards a carry. No, and then I don't know. When they're running crossing routes, I'm looking and say, boy, they, sometimes they didn't even put a move on. And you let a guy like Matthew Stafford hit, have those guys that were wide open on crossing routes, he's not going to miss that. So I'm like saying, that that's not a complicated route. We're not able to uh, cover it. I mean, I was extremely disappointed in two young guys that we counting on in the back end of the secondary. You know, not having Lattimore. Um, Alante Taylor. Man, we had to sit Alante Taylor down and put in uh, Ugo, Ugo Amati. Uh, that's the guy from Morgan. The Agent five, Zero. Yeah, Agent Zero, uh, the five-year veteran. Uh, and Isaac Yatum. I mean, he was playing outstanding uh, up until this game. Uh, not so much this game. And then Chris Olave. Yeah, you look at the numbers. Chris Olave, uh, nine catches, uh, 13 targets, 123 yards, right on the 14-yard average. But a couple of passes, it hits them right in the hands. But we were only losing 10-7. Remember that third down? Uh, come on, how about you catch it? Come on, catch the ball. You're a pro. Please catch the ball. Um, Derek Carr, I don't know. Sometimes he looks scared to me. 
and the pocket, uh, you can have pocket awareness. Not say take off and run, but don't look to be sacked before you actually get sacked. You know, like you, you can move in the pocket and you they can't really cream you anymore. They can't hit you. Now, uh, you look at how many, let me see how many sacks they had. They end up having um, uh, only a couple of sacks, but at the same time, it gets a little uh, jittery. And you could say, oh, well, look, Bobby was uh, 27 or 40, uh, 319 yards. A lot of that was garbage yards. You have to look at the game, and it's like the Rams almost wanted to run out the clock at the end because that game was well in hand. To me, I don't know. I'm trying to be objective. Do we, we look like we belonged on the field with the Rams. I would say no, uh, but hell no. No, they definitely look like a 10-win team out there, not a 7-win team. Yes, I, I, I said, are they 7-7 seven and seven like us? Well, you know why they might be 7-7? Seven and seven? Because their strength of schedule might be a lot harder. Uh, no, but our strength of schedule, uh, what do you think our, our record should be uh, strength of schedule? At least 9-5, and five, considering uh, uh, who do we beat? We beat last place teams or teams that don't have a winning record? Come on. They can't sugarcoat this. Nobody can sugarcoat this. Are we heading in the right direction? I don't know. All I know is you're never going to have an easier schedule than we had this year. There's no reason why you couldn't get the double-digit wins and end on a winning streak. Now, uh, the wild card, no. Uh, mathematically, all of a sudden, it's not going to work out the wild card. Now, can we beat Tampa Bay and Atlanta? Uh, yes, but what is that saying? Everybody sucks in the NFC South. What is that saying? So you won your division, a bad, bad division, the NFC Douth, uh, they're going to change the name. But I guess you keep fighting, you try and be a, a pro. Uh, but look, on fourth down, this one thing I don't hold, I don't hold this against Dennis Allen. I think it's about our execution. When he was aggressive, we ended up being 0 for 3 on fourth down. Remember at the beginning, and he'd be going forward on fourth down, because you know why he was going forward on fourth down? Because he didn't think we could stop the Rams. That's why we were going for it on fourth down. We got to score. He almost looked at it, even though the defense is supposed to be the strength of the team, that we got to freaking score. Uh, well, we got to keep pace uh, where the Rams are at uh, right now. Now, uh, looking at, uh, again, that's just terrible. 2.2 yards of carry had 4.2 uh, turnover margin. Not that it really made a difference. You know, card through that pick. You know, you look when it happened and and everything. But I thought, um, you know, we needed to be like a plus one, plus two type game. And we ended up being uh, minus one uh, uh, in the turnover margin. Uh, They were just setting the tone. They basically had the ball nine minutes more uh, than we did. So, I mean, that didn't surprise me. Steve, I, I told you, I, I, I was so I thought we'd play a whole lot better. I was really discouraged. No, it turned into exactly what we didn't want—the shootout game. Uh, yes, I, I, I was totally discouraged. That's why even Dennis Allen at the end, we got to go for the onside kick because the defense can't stop it. We got to luck out. Maybe the ball bounces up, and we, you know, we only down eight points. You know, we've been very successful converting two point plays. So, but uh, when you look in the history, we played the Rams a lot of times. I said this in the pregame. We've only played Atlanta and San Francisco more than the Rams. So this goes back to NFC West. So uh, a lot of games uh, against the Rams. And that's even before where they're now in SoFi and Anaheim Stadium and all. So now, Steve, uh, they've had the upper hand against us. 
uh, we now we now they've now we played seventy six times. Although we played seventy seven, and now we uh, they have forty three wins, South thirty four. And if you look at it on the road, uh, boy, actually I remember thinking back playing against the Rams. I actually played played better against the Rams in Los Angeles than I did here in the Dome. As far as like I, like I, I never lost out there. You know, you remember those kind of things. Yeah. And right now, but on the road, we're like 16 and 24 in Los Angeles. So not so much. Now, as of late, this is going back to Sean Payne and Drew Brees. The last eight games, uh, we are four and four uh, against the Rams. And we all know, uh, and, and one and one in the postseason. So when you think about that, so monumental win, uh, you know, Darren Brooks and all, to win that first playoff game and then how we got robbed. That's why I don't know who really hates the Rams. Probably Saints fans, uh, you know. Because yeah, to me, I see Sean McVay, and it just conjures up bad feelings. Yeah, uh, he, he, well, he's only like thirty-seven years old. You got players at thirty-seven <laughs> years of age, and he seemed like he's been coaching forever. You know, the youngest uh, coach ever. Uh, so uh, uh, he's had a lot of success, to say the least. Uh, you got to you got to give him credit on that one, but. You know why it's never a good day? If you'd have told me this before the game, Taysom Hill and uh, or should I say Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill combined, they're gonna have thirty-seven uh, total yards of scrimmage. Total. Total. Alvin Kamara had thirty-five, and it needs to be hovering around a hundred plus, and Taysom Hill had two. Uh, you know who we didn't stop? Uh, Kyron Williams. He averaged almost five yards a carry. 22 carries, 104 yards. So uh, that didn't surprise me. Um, how's Matthew Stafford, like 35? I guarantee he can spin it with any 20-year-old. He reminds me kind of like I watch him throw, kind of like Warren Moon when he was 40 years old. He looked uh, way he too comfortable today. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew Stafford, he looks like, man, just a, another day at the office. Yeah. We did not impact him at all. And I talked about us not winning in the trenches. How about Puka Nakua? 11 targets, 9 catches. Uh, well, he just averaged like 18 and a half yards of reception. He had 164 yards. You look at Robinson, he averaged right at 14 yards a carry. Cooper Cup actually dropped a couple of balls. He ended up with uh, 6 catches. He was only 12 targets, 6 catches. He ended up averaging right at uh, 9 yards. He I don't had know. two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, yes, so when I look at I mean, you might say, oh, it was just a bad day at the office. I don't know. I, I didn't even think we belonged on the field with the Rams. Ouch. I haven't been discouraged in a while. You know, when you look at other games, well, you know, the Saints, that's not that far off. No, uh, they were really far off in this matchup. I, I, I think uh, the Rams at the end, you might say they got a little too conservative, uh, but uh, I thought the game uh, wasn't even close. Now, uh, Carl Granison, I think he ended up getting hurt. Uh, he comes up with a sack, had a quarterback hurry, a tackle for a loss. Uh, Paulson and Debo end up – that's not good. Paulson and Debo end, end up leading the team in tackles. Doesn't he play on the outside? <laughs> he had 11 total tackles total and nine unassisted. No, I, I was extremely disappointed. You know, you might say, well, Bobby, you know, this day and age, the offense got to keep pace. Uh, but but I, th- I think Dennis Allen, he knew how good this Rams offense was. And, you know, the last one, that was the three or four games, they've averaged 33 points. Well, I could see why. I could see why now. Looking at the Rams, they went to Baltimore and lost in overtime, 
and scored 31 points. And you mentioned it, too, during the week. Another defense they lit up, Cleveland Browns. And the Cleveland Browns is the best of the best. And scored like 36 against them, whatever. So uh, it's very humbling. You might think, oh, our defense is pretty good. Uh, not when you're playing the Rams. Uh, not so much. I don't know if they could do anything. They could be up and down. Looked like a uh, dangerous team for yeah, sure. Yeah, they look like – you Man. know how – you know when you look at the playoff picture, everybody says – Oh, oh, I want to play uh, them. Uh, 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 watch the watch out if the Buffalo Bills and the AFC get in the playoffs. Well, I'd say in the NFC, watch out if the Rams get in the playoffs. How they could be explosive and stuff. So, no, a very disheartened, very discouraging loss. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. To me, I'm so old school that I look, what are you doing in the trenches? Hmm. All of a defensive line. How you affecting the opposing quarterback or can uh, you run the ball? Uh, when you're averaging 2.2 yards, 2.2 yards a carry, I don't think you can run. Bottom line. Uh, so, so you're getting your butt kick. You know, you're not moving them and uh, you're not being disruptive. No, it, it was, it was um, tackling. Uh, I don't know. It's another thing. Do we, do we really, um, I don't know, we might be in position. But we don't tackle well. I mean, sometimes uh, they don't. This day and age, you don't really practice tackling. I guess you just have to do it. But it seems like even if we're in position, if you have the right defensive call, uh, they always get yards after contact. Uh, you know, whatever. So uh, a very disheartening loss. I really thought. Now, uh, forgive me, who that nation? I thought uh, that it'd be a field goal type game. I said, take the Saints four four and a half points. I thought it would be, remember I told you, like uh, 24, 23, 27, 26. But the score was 30-22. It wasn't even that close. Right. Uh, you Very might say, deceiving. oh, oh the, the, the Saints hung in there. They didn't hang in there. Man, the Saints got their ass whipped. Uh, that, that was, the Rams were three touchdowns better than the Saints today, I think. Well, folks, you heard the Cajun Cannon fire. I want to hear from you now on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line 504-260-1870. On the Ciroc Point after Ciroc Ultra Premium Vodka, we'll be back with even more right after this on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Back here on the Ciroc Point after the Saints fall in L.A. to the Rams, 30-22 to Thursday night football, now 7-8 and eight on the season. Cajun Cannon, what's bugging you about today's game? It's brought to you by J&J Exterminators, Louisiana's independent exterminating company, and I got a feeling it's going to be somewhere to deal with the trenches. Oh, well, without, without a doubt. Uh, because you're on the road, you want to set the tone. I mean, again, you have different teams, different levels in the NFL. Do um, you think the 49ers ever get whipped in the trenches like we Now, I know the 49ers are the best of the best in the NFC. Uh, but that bugs me how we didn't win the line of scrimmage, both an offensive and defensive line. And again, there's been this way the whole season. Can you stop the run? Can you run the football? Where we're giving up uh, basically four and a half yards a run. And we were only, uh, you know, gaining three and a half yards. Well, today we only gained 2.2 and really a two-yard difference. And uh, we gained, um, you know, four. I mean, they gained the Rams 4.2. So that's what's bugging me how, um, because you get kind of spalled. And I know Alvin Kamara didn't forget how to run. (laughs) And, you know, if you open up holes for him or, or, or even taste him, uh, you know, giving him opportunities. 
Now, uh, I've been kind of disappointed in Jamal Williams. Isn't he a touchdown maker? Didn't he lead the NFL last year with the Lions? Uh, does he have a touchdown this season? No. And he had 17 last year. And Lord almighty, is he a terrible blocker. Uh, a ter- back to back. Uh, he gave up the sack against the Giants last week. And, you know, we didn't go three and out. We're moving the ball. We're moving the ball, third and seven. Uh, we're in their territory. We're in the 34, not the red zone. Uh, Corsack, minus six. Uh, Jamal Williams beat. And he got beat against the Giants. The line were all blocking. And if you look at the Rams, they end up having two sacks. I think one of them might have been on uh, Hurst, uh, but that one was on Jamal Williams. Uh, so, no, he's been a big disappointment. Uh, he's very flamboyant, uh, a colorful character. Uh, but I'd rather him score a touchdown and have no color. Uh, I, n- not be colorful. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, just don't say nothing to nobody and just kick ass. Uh, but that has not been the case with Jamal Williams complimenting Alvin Kamara or uh, Taysom Hill. I mean, uh, th- so that that's what's bugging me how uh, it was very disappointing that the Rams, you don't think of the Rams as a smash-mouth team, you know, with Matthew Stafford, and, and how they structured, how they're going to spread it out. But, no, they whipped out behinds on the offensive and defensive line. Another one, I'll give honorable mention for me, Cajun Cannon, what's bugging me. What's up with the lack of use of Jimmy Graham? I know we're going to have callers probably yeah, asking but, about that. And I'm not saying he's going to be a difference maker in a game, but when you have those third down situations or we do get into a, a scenario you know, where you need those that yardage, why isn't he even getting well, targeted? Zero targets. Now, Jawan Johnson had uh, seven targets, uh, four catches. He had that one touchdown, that long gain of 20 yards, 48 yards. So at least he's producing a little bit. Foster Murrow had two targets. He had that one catch, uh, 13 yards. But uh, could you say uh, that, okay, just a tight end position. So that is nine targets. So I and would zero for so, Jimmy. So I would say uh, nine targets to the tight end. Uh, Jimmy Graham should get half of those, four or five, and then uh, Jawan Johnson and Foster Morrow could share the other half. So if you're going to target the tight end nine times, I think the Huda Nation would agree with that. How about we target Jimmy Graham five times and let Jawan Johnson and Foster Morrow uh, will share the four, the other four with them. That's what's bugging you about today's game, brought to you by J&J Exterminators, Louisiana's independent exterminating company. Uh, Cajun Cannon, another thing with this game that was a big problem, uh, you you look at the fact that this, we mentioned the run game with the Saints, but man, oh man, uh, the chunk yardage, obviously too on defense, uh, just unacceptable when you're giving up huge plays, and it's not just... Like I said, two, three yards a gain. It, it seemed to be uh, seven, eight, 11, 26. And right. Uh, well, well uh, and you know what? Uh, and you just have no time to catch your breath on defense. Well, we we, we did, uh, when you look at it on the paper, we did a pretty damn good job on third down. Uh, you know, we we amongst the best third down defenses. They were only 4-12, but you know what? They didn't have to get the third down. <laughs> you know, they only needed two downs, like Canadian football. You know, they got a couple of downs, and you got a punt on third or whatever. So they didn't even need three downs to get 10 yards. That's why uh, – that's how efficient they were against us. Steve, I'm telling you, um, when you're averaging basically seven yards of play, you're getting freaking gash. 
That's all we kept saying during the game. Gashed. Yeah, I'm like, what? No, it was like chunk, chunk. Oh, the, the, they are ready in score. They, they ran three or four plays. They're ready in scoring range. You know. Yeah, that's uh, looking at the Sirac point after here. I want to take a pause for ten seconds and let stations identify themselves on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Stepping away here on the Ciroc Point After. We'll be here till 1 a.m. Houdat Nation. Want to hear you sound off what you got to say to the Cajun Cannon. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. We will be right back with more on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply baseball is in full swing NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app the biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app Welcome into the Ciroc Point after Ciroc Ultra Premium Vodka here on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Cajun Cannon, I know we don't like to point out too many positives from the opposite team, but man, oh man, uh, stud on the other side for the Rams you wanted to give some props to. Oh, because because a lot of fans say, who? They, they don't, it's such a common name, like uh, Ernest. Ernest. Hey, you know, well, you know that Ernest Jones. Doesn't in the sound NFL? like a beast, right? Yeah, well, one of the Joneses. Uh, you know, you know Jones down the street. Ernest Jones. I mean, uh, let me tell you. Uh, I've been talking about him the whole week. I talked about him in the pregame because this caught my attention. Ernest Jones in the whole National Football League was the only player with 125-plus tackles. What? And, and you look like 10 or plus more tackles for a loss. He had 11. The only player in the NFL with 125 tackles, 11 tackles for a loss. Let me tell you what he did against the Saints. I don't know. Didn't you think we should block him? Maybe. I mean, Ernest Jones. Uh, he was second in total tackles with seven. He had a sack. He was tied for uh, – he had a quarterback hurry. He led the team in tackles for loss, and he led the team in passes defended with two. So he had two tackles for loss, two passes defended, quarterback hurry, a sack, seven tackles. That'd be Ernest Jones. You know, but I'm thinking of Ernest, that name. It's like some character, funny character, someone like – or I know what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like maybe it's me, it's me, Ernest T. Uh, but this is Ernest Jones. Ernest Jones. Uh, 2021 third-round pick out of South Carolina. Third-round pick. Third-round pick, yeah. Uh, and all, for, man, so they kept I, showing the Rams GM all night giving him praise for all the picks he's made. Oh, uh, look at the, the, the guy from BYU. Puka, uh, Puka yeah. Nakua has been a, uh, unreal this season. Like Fifth-rounder, fifth yeah. Round? No, they've hit, uh, you want third, fourth, fifth-round, latter part. 
because you know why? They gave up all their first-round picks. So they had to hit on them, right? They didn't have a first-round pick like for six years, so they had Seven-plus years, they said. I couldn't believe that. They had to hit on all those players because, but, you know, you, they bought a Super Bowl, Matthew Stafford coming in. Right. And then, but, uh, boy, they've hit on those latter picks that are playing like first-rounders. So I, I just had to give praise to Ernest Jones because I didn't know who in the hell that was. They go, you know, I don't keep up with the Rams. Right. But I'm looking during the week where the Saints are playing. I go, who's this? This Ernest Jones cat, he's leading the NFL in tackles and has 11 tackles for loss. Well, he did that today also against the – or should say tonight against the Saints. Want to check out our Oakwood Hard Jewelers talk and text line. It's going to hear from you, Hood Hat Nation, 504-260-1870. Everybody lined up. Got, got the captain in Pensacola Beach. Hope you enjoying it out there. What's going on, Captain. So, Bobby, there was a there was a theory, a theory that was sold to us who that's. And the theory went something like this. It went, we don't need to blow this up. We just need to keep the blueprint and we just need to kind of promote within and we can keep this rolling. That sounds like Mickey Loomis to me. (laughs) The problem with that theory is that the person who created the blueprint and the executioner of that theory are no longer with the organization. That's true. Now, what that leads to is this average team with great talent. And I will tell you, if there is a retention of this coach, you want to know what's worse than booze? Okay, wait, Captain, hold your point right there. When you say uh, great talent, I don't know. I mean – do we look more talented than the Rams? I don't think so. Uh, okay, you might say great talent. Alante Taylor, young players, he got bench. I mean, you have to look at it. When you say great talent, this is what I think. Kind of like where we're at as a team. We're not uh, horrendous. We're not bad, but we're not really good. Uh, we're kind of middle of the road. We kinda, They have 32 teams. we kind of in the middle of the pack. And so we like in limbo. That's the worst place to be. So uh, when everybody says, oh, we have great talent but no coaches, um, I think that we have good talent. Uh, you know, when you say that word great, now uh, that's the 49ers. When you talk about great talent, you can't just throw that word out there. You have to say we have good potential. Like Chris Olave, I think is a very good receiver. Is he considered amongst the best? I, I, I mean, I, I don't view him as like great. You know, like you know, I view great like Tyreek Hill. Now, now that's great. Those kind of cats. So you can like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. You can name like uh, who's truly great. Now you can be very good. So uh, th- that's why when I look at the Saints, oh, we got great talent but no coaching. No, you could. Uh, that might be a true statement. That we have no coaching, but I don't necessarily think we have great talent. I think we kind of in the well, middle of the road, uh, like our record is, and maybe not even Bobby, that good. Listen, our schedule Bobby, was. Uh, it, come on, if you can't win this year, then when you're gonna win? That, that's come what on. you said, Bobby. That's that's what you told us. You're like this. This schedule is the easiest I've ever seen. And what I was gonna try to make the point is, right. is if there's a retention of this coaching staff, the worst thing. You know what's worse than booze? <laughs> Silence, because that's what the dome's going to look like next year if they retain this coaching staff. And I and I beg to differ that a great coach with this talent, we ain't we ain't seven and eight. 
No, no, no. We're not it, sending it, it, it with a great coach. No, if we had a captain, 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 yeah, we know a great quarterback. Come on, you have Drew Brees. That's a Hall of Famer. I think with a great coach, I think that we could win. That that uh, I'd be shocked. Whoever you think's the uh, uh, whoever's the top three uh, NFL coaches, that with this schedule this year, shame on you if you don't win ten games. Because that ain't going to get any easier. Shanahan would have mopped up. The games we won were against, like, last place teams or losing records. Now, you could say half the league is, like, 6-7, 7 7-6. Well, the half of the league is, like, mediocre. But don't you want to be a champion? Once you win a Super Bowl, don't you want to be amongst the best? Don't you want to be considered along the lines of the 49ers? Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, the Eagles up and down. You go Dolphins or whatever, you know, you could the Chiefs. Uh, look at all the adversity the Chiefs. The damn Chiefs receivers can't even catch the ball. Look at poor Matt Mah- Pat Mahomes. Right. Now you got to have luck with injuries. But right now, I don't think, and I think when we truly would be clicking, uh, that you can't be out of the top 10. Uh, and right now, Instead of being, okay, you got 32 teams, instead of being somewhere even 12 to 16, uh, I think we more like high teens, low 20s. No, we're not the worst. No, no, come on, the Giants. Look how we kick the Giants behind. But but what is that saying? That means you're not winning nothing. Well, what, we just here to party and go to the game? No, once you win a championship like we did with Drew Brees and Sean Payton, uh, you want to toot that, repeat that. Ain't none of this, ain't PE class, ain't, ain't just competing to have a good time. You got to win, baby. And was it a coincidence or what, Bobby? They showed Drew Brees on the telecast today. And that's what we scored. Boom, right away, so the huge touchdown to Shahid. That's what I was telling you. I go, damn, uh, we, we need to put Drew Brees more on that. Maybe the TV didn't want to do that conspiracy theory. <laughs> oh, no, don't put Drew Brees up there. The Saints are rolling. No, we joking, but uh, yeah, no. no uh, hey, mm, that was the heyday. Exactly. I told everyone. <laughs> You did. And you get You'll older. be sorry. You be, I'm telling You'll you. You'll miss him. You think we're just going to replace Drew Brees like that. Uh, you, 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 you don't know. We need know. a scrambling quarterback. Uh, yeah, we need somebody just going around. We need someone now, younger. Now, you know the scrambling quarterback? If we got Jane Daniels. Hello. Oh, hello. Now we're talking. Uh, we let Derek Carr play next year. We might sacrifice a little bit and then bring in Jane Daniels like a Pat Mahomes Jr. twenty twenty five. But it's not going to be a middle round draft pick that's going to get Jane no, Daniels. No, you got to give up something <laughs> to get something. You might have to sacrifice Alvin Kamara or whatever, uh, Lattimore, uh, whoever. No, no, you got to give up something to get something. Uh, all I know is where we at right now. Uh, we kind of middle of the road. Who wants to be middle of the road? Because we passed that. Now, oh, I just like going to Saints game. At least we're winning now and then, or we win every other game. No. With this schedule this year, we won seven games last year. There's no reason. Just look at the schedule. If the Saints are heading in the right direction, that they shouldn't have 10 victories. And they had a chance. Now, you'd have to beat the Rams. 
beat the, uh, Tampa Bay and beat Atlanta, then you get the 10 wins. But that's not the case anymore. Cajun Cannon preaching the truth. Want to hear from you on the Ciroc Point after when we get back with more right after this on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. We are back here on the Ciroc Point after. Line up them shots. Ciroc Ultra Premium Vodka here on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Going to get into all your hoodads calls lined up. Want to talk to you on the Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line. First up, Matt and Shreveport, what you got for us? Hey, guys, how are y'all? Eh, could be better. All right, Matt, what you got? I understand, man. I feel your pain, too. Hey, listen, man, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but I was calling pretty much to talk about the offensive and defensive line. And, you know, I've never played professional football, nor have I played college football. But when I look at the Saints, I just see a soft, weak football team coached by a soft, weak coach. And I think they take on the personality of their coach. And I think that, you know, there's just a lot of weak softball players on this team who don't pay attention to detail, don't appreciate how every play matters. Jamal Williams, you got to make a block on third and seven. You make that block, and say he has an incomplete pass. But at least you don't give up six yards where you can kick a field goal and go up three to nothing and take get a little bit of momentum. Right. Chris Olave, you got to catch the football. Everything is so important to detail in this league because it's such a fine line between winning and losing. And that comes from coaching. This team is soft. They're weak. They're a little old on defense. And Dennis Allen talks about leadership, leadership. Where's leadership? DeMario Davis isn't a leader. Cam George's not a leader. Derek Carr's not a leader. Where's the veteran leadership on this football team? That's the only thing I want to say, and I want y'all to compliment. And you know, just, uh, yeah. you know, just kind of tell me what y'all think. Yeah, yeah I don't know about saying that Cam and DeMario aren't no, leaders. No, uh, DeMario is the outstanding leader of the Giants game. Um, no, uh, a lot of times you can uh, rant and rave and all that, uh, but the best uh, thing about being a leader is sometimes leading by example and uh, just making plays. Now, did DeMario Davis hurt his hand or something? Yeah, early in the game, that same play that looked like Cup hurt his hand as well. That he did not have the dominating game like he had against the Giants, but he's getting older. Uh, now Cam, Cam's getting older. Uh, uh, Pete Warner, I just think he's trying to survive. We might as well have paid Caden Ellis instead of Pete Warner. You know, who you pay and who you decide to pay, like, you know, you can. it's all hindsight. You like Trey Hendrickson or whatever. But uh, there's only... So many alpha dogs. If you look on our offensive line, um, th- there's no alpha dogs. Not necessarily you got to be an alpha dog as an offensive lineman. Well, I'll say the alpha dog's out right now in Ramcheck. He's, he, he's, you know, I want, maybe not in personality, but uh, in performance. As far as performance. Right. Yeah, and we were fortunate. Uh, With that, a guy like Teron. Uh, Teron Armstead, which would be an alpha dog. Uh, the experience, Max Unger yep. uh, at center. Um, but then, you know, you can be an alpha dog, but then when they look at the film, you can't just be, uh, you got to walk the talk. <laughs> and that, okay, uh, what are you doing? I know I'm dominating. What are you doing? And so, but when you look at, I don't have no problem, like when Sean was getting all over Russell Wilson, with the Broncos. Oh, no, uh, you can't do that. No, that's how demanding Sean is. You know who's like that? Who's his mentor? Bill Parcells was like that. So can you ever see Dennis Allen like that? Right, you demand excellence. I would say no. Does Dennis Allen ever get mad? He might get mad behind closed doors, or he might get mad at the officials now and then. Uh, but 
uh, Dennis Allen sometimes for the fans, that typical fan, he's, he's too controlled. You know, um, maybe they'd want him to be a little more emotional. And, uh, you know, now he compartmentalized after the game. Uh, and he's talking about uh, why Alante Taylor wasn't in the game. Well, we thought there needed to be a change. And Instead, he did mention the eyes. And the eyes, yeah. Uh, he wasn't disciplined enough right. with his eyes. But, uh, you know, some fan might appreciate, well, uh, he wasn't playing up to par, so I sat his ass on the bench. <laughs> oh, then, you know, young the players, get, oh, they get offended. Yeah, DA's not going to say that, no, right? He, no, he won't say that. I, so I, I don't know. A lot of times you talk about how you lead men. All I know is you know how you lead men, you win. If you win, <laughs> everything's taken care of. When you don't win, you have to look at, okay, um, what, what the hell happened? Uh, you know, always remember that there's usually a handful of things that you always look at each individual player. If I did this, 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 like Chris Olave on third down, but what if, if I, I caught that if ball? If I get my head around, I catch that ball. Yeah. It's right there. You know, and you could name all this, and it, and and if you win and it didn't happen, then uh, then you don't reflect on it. But then when you don't win, then that's when the woulda, coulda, shoulda stuff comes about. That's just human nature. What happens on the football field? Lining up here on the Ciroc Point after Ciroc Ultra Premium Vodka. We'll be back with even more right after this on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Back here on the Ciroc Point after Ciroc Ultra Premium Vodka. See all you callers lined up getting right to you. Miles in New Orleans. What you got? Miles? Yeah, That's you. Uh, go ahead, Miles. Go ahead. Oh, You're no, on. No, I thought my name was Amai. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, Amar. Sorry. Uh, 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 yeah. Hey, it's all, it's all good, fellas. But look, um, I, just want, I just wanted to get a quick breakdown and uh, like tell you the difference from my belief from our organization and an organization like Cleveland, uh, talent-wise, to speaking, uh, um, San Fran, uh, these GMs, um, uh, the people over the player personnel, is like when they go out to the draft board, they go looking for talent that will fit into our system and be ready. Uh, Jeff Island and Mickey Loomis, it seems like when they talent evaluate, they, they, they look for guys who are banged up, batted up, and who have upside and potential, like a Peyton Turner, somebody who they've seen or uh, identified as having potential, or um, Marcus Davenport, or he fits the description of uh, Khalil Mack size-wise. His combine was basically identical. So they say that um, he has an upside or potential. Um, Brian Brzee's, uh that we got this year. From Clemson, yeah. They're battered up. Um, like Marshawn Lattimore. It's a reason that he dropped to number 11 after he was ranked number one from college um, um, sports uh, at the cornerback position. He was banged up. He only played one full year in college, but we, 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 we hit on him. Majority of our draft picks, especially in that first round, is bust. Every year, stating back to when Jeff Ireland came into it, he constantly and consistently draft bust. Cam Jordan, his um, college career at Cal University, the most sex he ever had in college was six. So we draft a guy and we're going to say, oh, yeah, he's going to go out there and give us 20 a year. It doesn't work that way. So we are pass up uh, Jeff Island to me. He a pass up LSU University to go watch a game at Nickel State because he believes that these guys are blue-collared and are coming here and represent to do all this well, logo to the best of his capability. I think we need to go out there and draft players like how Houston, how Cleveland draft. Go to the SEC and get some dogs that's going to come in here and not be uh, potentially ready, that's going to come in here and be suited and ready to get it in. We don't have, like the last caller said, like a real vocal leader. It's a reason why DeMar um, Davis played incredibly better when we when he had a Quan Alexander on his side, somebody that gave him good energy. When the Saints go out there and make a good player a sack, these, the, the other players don't even come clap. We're not jumping up. Other people, uh, other teams always um, have 
an attitude. I went to the game against the Ravens last year, and I, I had to leave out in the third quarter because they came in there and bullied us. We oh, had yes. no attitude, no identity. Uh, and I no, no, it's exactly like you say. When we played the Ravens, when the, 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 we played the Ravens, I thought we were the JV and they were the varsity on that Monday night game. Uh, exactly. No, like you say, we, we ain't got no dogs. Like, Bobby, what are you talking about? No, you know, like, uh, you know what a dog is. Uh, like Kawan and all, when you get an emotion and you're flying around uh, the ball, hell-bent for leather, no, um, we got like upstanding citizens, overachievers like Pete Werner. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. Come on. Uh, Pete Werner, uh, I mean, he plays hard and all that, but he's an overachiever. He's not some guy that uh, really could take the team uh, to the next level. Now, when you – but, you know, the one thing about uh, Cam Jordan – Cam Jordan, now he's up in age, but Cam Jordan, come on, you know this, uh, he, he would start uh, for every NFL team what he did because he's every down player. First, second, third down, how you stop the run. Now, not so much this year. Now, with the Saints maybe made a mistake, you don't pay a player – for what they've meant to your team and what they've accomplished, you pay them what they're going to do in the future. Well, they rewarded uh, uh, Cam Jordan a contract in August for the future. Mm, that wasn't wise. So what was the uh, draft, Steve? Because Jeff Ireland did get this right. The 2017 draft. Um, That's the one with Lattimore, Camara. Yeah. You have to look at. Trey, uh, but, Anzalone. But, but it's been more uh, missed than hit. You have to look, okay, uh, what, are you, what are you missing? What are you hitting? No, the D-line and O-line has been a lot of misses. Yes. So when you, when you look and you break it all down, uh, but the one thing, Jeff Ireland did have a chance. He was the Mickey Loomis of the Dolphins. Uh, did he keep that job? Yes or no? No, sir. That's why he's here. Yes. And <laughs> I think Mickey Loomis, in theory, I don't know, there's some speculating, would want to retire and pass the torch and give that responsibility to Jeff Ireland. Now, I don't know if that might happen, if they can convince Dennis Slauscher, because uh, I think Ms. Gale listens to Dennis Slauscher as far as who's running the team and what's coming about. But uh, I-, I like this text as we go into the break. This is from 5118. Is Mickey Loomis a great GM... Or did Peyton, Sean Payton make him? Okay, I like Mickey Loomis. I like Sean Payton. I think the Saints organization, they're all good people. I think Sean Payton made Mickey Loomis and Drew Brees made Sean Payton. All you got to look at is uh, who made Belichick. <laughs> Hello. I played against Belichick who's with the Browns. Uh, no. Uh, Tom Brady. Tom, Tom Brady Tom made Belichick. winning without Bill. Exactly. Tom Brady won a Super Bowl with the Bucks and, and, the, and the Patriots. Drew Brees made Sean Payton. Tom Brady made Bill Belichick. Sean Payton made uh, um, Mickey Loomis. Something like a QB league, I guess. I don't know. Uh, the, I, I, I'll tell you, uh, the QBs, uh, okay, uh, Andy Reid. Uh, well, why did uh, Andy Reid didn't work out in Philadelphia? Why all of a sudden he's a genius now in Kansas City? Uh, why? Uh, Pat Mahomes. <laughs> Hello. 
Come on. Taking a break here on the Ciroc Point after. Be back with all your corals right after this on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Before we get going again here on the Ciroc Point after, let's pause 10 seconds. Let stations identify themselves on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Well, Cajun Cannon, this one might be a little tougher for you. Well, a diamond in the rough performance from today's game. It's presented by Friend and Company. You've got a friend in the jewelry business. Who's your diamond in the rough tonight? Well, uh, not the Saints fans. You know, Diamond and Ruff, have you heard of them? Uh, most NFL people, unless you truly follow the Saints. Uh, when you look at Rashid Shaheed, you know, we view him as wide receiver, return specialist, uh, you know, out of Weber State. He's from San Diego, but uh, Weber State, his second year, you know, he didn't even come in training camp. Remember, he was hurt, and the Saints kind of hit him, and all of a sudden, uh, the rest is history. We all know of him. But he is a diamond in the rough because he was a free agent. So even though, I mean, I don't know when we stopped uh, calling him a diamond in the rough, but this caught my attention. Uh, today he got, and, and uh, Derek Hart trusts him. He had nine targets. He had five catches for 70 yards. Uh, the long uh, 45-yard touchdown, that's when we made it 10-7. to And I said, oh, we're back in this. I was like, because when it was 10-0, I'd go like, man, we don't look like we even belong on the field with the Rams. No, it felt like 30 to nothing. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it's 10-7. It's like, wait a minute, And right. he caught that 45-yard touchdown. But uh, what caught my attention, this is the whole National Football League. And you would think somebody like, I don't know, Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill, or somebody would be leading this, or especially the cheetah, Tyreek Hill, Rashid Shahid has five receptions of 40-plus air yards, uh, the most in the NFL. So he's got chunk plays, splash plays. Uh, Rashid Shahid's the king of that. So I can tell you right now, uh, the whole all the NFL teams know Rashid Shahid is. He is no longer a free agent. Now, if you're not familiar with the Saints roster and you're not doing fantasy and all that, uh, you're like, Rashid Sheed. Who's who, who, that, right? Yeah, yeah, you try to look it up. But, man, you but, mentioned that with Tyreek Hill. That's mighty impressive. No, uh, uh, Rashid Shaheed uh, would get playing time for every NFL team. So he is truly a diamond in the rough. That diamond in the rough performance of the game is brought to you by Friend and Company. You've got a friend in the jewelry business. Going to take a break. Be right back with more of the Ciroc Point after and your calls right here on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Welcome back into the Ciroc Point after closing out the last hour here till 1 a.m. on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Want to get to your calls here on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. Know you who that's want to sound off. Go to Blake in Texas. What you got for us tonight, Blake? How's he going tonight? I know it's a sad night, but you know, it's a rough maybe, one. maybe it'll get better. Um, I, I'm a little concerned about the passing game. Um, number one, it was mentioned that they don't they get they got a you know a six seven tight end and they don't get him on the field. And the second thing is they go so short so much that that the defenders don't even have to cover deep. That that's how Shahid got open for his touchdown. Well. Uh... You know, uh, I think Derek Carr can throw the deep ball, uh, but you're not always going to have time to be able to execute that. Uh, I think at times um, he's kind of, I don't know, shaky in the pocket and he's not as accurate as you need to be. And um, with that being said, that you could push the ball down the field, but uh, to tell you the truth, the offensive line's not that good. <laughs> 
No, offensive no line, uh, sometimes they leave a lot uh, to be desired. It was like a mirage last game against the Giants. Yeah, yeah, pass blocking, and they did outstanding against the Giants. But, <laughs> I mean, uh, today, uh, no, the run blocking? I mean, come on. We averaged 2.2 yards a run. I mean, Alvin Kamara didn't forget how to run. Uh, you know, we were spoiled. I can tell you right now, when you had the likes, uh, uh, Jari Evans might end up being uh, a pro football Hall of Famer. Uh, but when you look at, like, okay, we had Teron Armstead, uh, like a Max Unger at center. Even going back to when Sean Payne first got here, he became the highest paid center, Jeff Fain. Uh, I'm going way back. When you had uh, uh, Jari. Uh, Jari Evans, Carl. Um, Nix. Carl Nix, even when we had um, Ben Grubbs, I, I, I can name guys that right now uh, who we counting on the offensive line, they're not as good as any of those guys. And, and, and that's why I can name like probably seven or eight offensive linemen we have in the past that the guys we have right now aren't as good and the one guy that could possibly hang with them now he has a degenerative knee, uh, Ryan Ramchek, who all of a sudden, uh, long-term, I don't know how he's been able to contribute in a Saints uniform. So uh, that's where we're at. And your first-round pick is watching on the sideline. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so Trevor Penning, I mean, what? Uh, uh, Trevor Penning. That hurts okay. getting nothing out of him. Oh, okay, uh, you look at Trevor Penning. Uh, now, we actually going with Landon Young. Landon Young, uh, overachiever. Now, Landon Young, we're going with the sixth-round pick instead of the first-round pick. You know, you, you know why? Because he's uh, better and he's contributing uh, more. So, uh, no, you, you can't miss on those kind of things. And I don't know, Trevor Penning one day might work out. Um, do you have to end up moving him inside like Andrews Pete? Now he's going. We thought he was going to be a tackle, became a guard. Then he went outside uh, a tackle position. I played with a Jim Dembrowski from University of Virginia. He was a tackle. It didn't work out. Uh, but he ended up working out uh, at a high level at guard. So I don't know what's going to happen with Trevor Penning. But initially where he was drafted, you'd have to say that he was overdrafted. Uh, because he, he, he's not even part of the rotation, even when everybody's healthy with the jumbo package. Penning has terrible feet. Yeah, no, no you talk about feet. Yes, uh, hand, he's like overly aggressive. Uh, now, what you did at Northern Iowa, who you blocking and all, but you might say, well, competition. Uh, but you almost have to, and I told Steve Geller this. You know, when you look at like an offensive lineman, uh, that you almost have to be like a dancing bear. And what I mean by that. It's like, yeah, if you can maul people and you dominate, uh, Trevor Penning has that ability where a pancake block, whatever. But a lot of times, it's just being in the way of the guy you're trying to block. You're not dominating them, but they can't get to the running back or the quarterback. And that's a lot to do with your hands and your feet and how you move. It's all about angles. And it's not like I'm going to maul my opponent. So, uh, yeah, th- that's why the whole, you know, you light on your feet. Like Teron Armstead, that's why he's so good. You know, I, I can name a number of guys. You look at like Orlando Pace. Uh, now, they also can maul you, 
but how? Uh, who's the big uh, tackle um, for the 49ers right now? He is unbelievable. Um, oh, um, his name's slipping my mind. Um, yeah. uh, the look up, Steve, because that that Trent Williams. Trent Thank Williams. you, Charlie. Trent Williams. He goes for I think for the Redskins from Washington. Right, right. Because they didn't want to pay him or something. He goes to 49ers. They pay him kind of like okay, we don't want to pay Teron Armstead anymore. So he goes to the Dolphins and he gets paid. You know, th- those cats are special. Like Trent Williams, no. Whoever he has to block, uh, uh, they're always blocked. It's not like, and you know, you don't, a lot of times you don't talk about them because they don't screw up. So uh, it's when you talk about, man, that guy, we got to get somebody else in because they're getting whooped. Right. So, yeah, so uh, uh, that's why I, I think, um, it, 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 Blake, it all starts. Uh, up front, and right now, again, in this type game, I mean, I can understand if we play like a blue-collar or a slug, punch-in-the-mouth type team like the Ravens, but the Rams? No, right now, the Rams, they kicked our ass on offensive and defensive line. Uh, That's very discouraging. Taking a break, we'll be rocking with more of the Ciroc Point after Ciroc Ultra Premium Vodka right after this on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. We're back here on the Ciroc Point after. Now time for Derek Carr's post-game interview, which is brought to you by the Bill Hood Automotive Group. Everything automotive under one hood. Here's what the Saints quarterback had to say. Derek, obviously disappointing results. Just kind of your assessment thoughts on how things went tonight. Yeah, um, well, you got to give credit to them always first. You know, they they beat us. Um and we did a great job of fighting back, um, but it wasn't enough. And so uh, proud of our guys for that, always, um, with the way we executed uh, at the end of the game in the second half. Um, but uh, obviously losing game by eight points, it hurts because you think about every single play, um, you know, that, that what could have been. But um, it's tough. You got to tip your hat uh, to them, uh, to their coaching staff, to their players, uh, and they did a great job. In the half sequence, did you feel that was – Kind of a little bit rushed since you guys had two timeouts, or did it play out the way you thought it would? Yeah, I, you know, we, we all feel you know better if Chris's shoe doesn't blow up, you know, and we have, we we got to play there, and um, you know, he he made a great decision on the route, exactly what we talked about. He ran a great route, and then his shoe just rips apart, you know, and it's like, dude, like. Not, not the time, you know, for that. And then he can do about it. Um, but I think that then after that, you know, you're trying to, you know, make the play, make something happen. And uh, both both times on the fourth down, I love the aggressiveness. Um, we da, you know, was very clear on on that to the team. And um, you know, obviously against that offense, it's you know you're not going to win a lot of games kicking field goals against them. You know, you play them ten times, you keep kicking field goals, it's just going to be tough. And so. Um, we knew as offense we needed to execute, and uh, there was just a couple. I mean, we had a, we had opportunities. It just there was a couple. The second one, I had to get it out quick and tried to guess, you know, where he's going to be. And then the, the first one, they just got in there. Chris ran a great route, and we we would have had that one, but they they made a play. Well, we knew it was going to be tough. Yeah, you know, we, we knew it was going to be tough, you know, more so than just, you know, Aaron and, and what he's able to do um, by himself physically. Um, you know, they make it tough schematically because they know certain things you have to do without getting all, obviously all into it um, to make it hard on other parts of your protection. And um, they, they did. They made it tough at times, but I thought our guys fought and did a great job of trying to limit as best they could. 
good. Um, and really in the second half, fought really well. You know, that's, that's a tough team to go two-minute two um, kind of tempo against because of what they can do up front. Um, and our line kept us in the game, and we were able to make plays for them. Yeah, I, you know, the play actions were good. And so, you know, usually when that's good, you would say, you know, the runs, you know, it's hard for me to tell because I'm turning my back every time. Um, you know, that, that would be better for, you know, uh, those guys talk about, um, you know, but after I watch the film, we'll see. Uh, but they, they did. They made it tough. They're, you got again. You got to give credit to their front. Um, you know, they did a good job on in certain areas and certain things. But I also thought our guys did good too. The third down efficiency tonight was that. Uh, like, how, how would you describe the, the effort there? I think you started like two for eight there before kind of rallying. Yeah. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough at the beginning. Um, there was a couple plays where. You know, we, we were going to have to make some corrections because, you know, I was expecting one thing and we got another. But that, these are positive. The positive is, is we've been able to talk about things and then get on the same page and do it better. So some things came up, um, you know, some came up today that hadn't happened to us yet. And you're like, why today? You know, um, uh, but it did. And we'll talk about that because then we could have had another one there. Um, I think about, you know, there was another one. Uh, again, simple correction to make. Uh, just sucks that you know, with only three games left, that oh man, now we gotta fix it now. You know, uh, but we will. We'll be positive about that. But I thought we did a good job of the, the plan we loved. You know, and so I thought we got going, started picking them up. We were close again on a, a couple others, um, but at, at the beginning, it wasn't. It was not good enough. Um, you know, and that's that's just simple. It wasn't good enough by us as as players. And Jack, you all no, no longer control your own destiny, but yeah. uh, what's kind of mindset going to these last two games? It's playoff, playoff mentality. You know, that's been our mentality, but like really like win or go home kind of thing, you know. And so um, thankful to be playing meaningful games in December, but, you know, um, we have to do our business. We can't worry about, you know, again, I've been in those scenarios. We have 1% chance and all that kind of stuff. I, I've, I've, I've lived that world, and all you can focus on is what you can control no matter – how tough it is, no matter how much you want to watch everyone else, like it really doesn't matter at this point for us. Like we have to win the last two. You know, we have to win our games. Um, it's going to be tough because two teams that have beat us. And so, um, you know, hopefully, you know, everyone's mindset. You know, get some rest, spend time. You know, on Christmas with their families. Um, you know, that's always good for your heart and for your for your men, uh, your mentals, as money would say. Um, and you know, you just got to keep pushing forward. You know, after that, you know, Tuesday we're coming in and we got to go and so i i'll be studying on my off time and getting ready for these two games for sure because they're big for us yeah yeah you know i'm glad you know i wouldn't you know say it by now and i'm sorry um but that doesn't help you too much but um you know I, it came up and, you know, it's like, dang, we haven't talked about that, you know. And so, you know, when you haven't talked about it, it's a little frustrating. Um, but, but it gave us an opportunity to say, okay, hey, I, I see, you know, we're playing the game. I see what you're feeling, all that. But um, I, if I'm not expecting it, if we haven't talked about it, it's kind of tough for me to make that decision and cut it loose, especially with not knowing what's coming and certain things in the play. So, um, you know, we got better from it. Um, and, and we'll continue to grow. But, 
you know, it's just hard and frustrating when it happens like this late in the year because it's like, dang, like, you know, we, we needed that one. And so it makes it hard. Uh, but, you know, man, I'll be positive and keep, keep pushing, keep fighting. Speaking of aggressiveness, like, you guys, like, came very close to having something with Shahid there, like, the very end of the first half. Yeah. Was that just like a, did, did you expect him to go to bend that toward the, the sideline on that, or was it just? Yeah, well, not, honestly, 99. 99 was in the backfield immediately, and I don't know what happened, so I, I'm not trying to say why or anything like that. I, I just, he was there, and I saw AK going, so I had to step up, and as I was getting hit by someone else, I had to throw it way earlier than I wanted to, yeah. and so, um, yeah, like if I, I threw it to where I expected, um, but that's not on Shahid either because, you know, when he's running the route, he sees it, and we've talked about what he did, but I just didn't, um, I just didn't have the time to see that, be able to read that out. Did, did your arm get hit on the interception? Uh, yeah, but I, I was trying to, I was trying to throw it over his head, you know, seeing him drop, and I was trying to throw it back over his head, um, but I just didn't get enough on it. Derek mentioned loving to see the fight. This is another loss where you guys get close in the end. Is it frustrating or oh, why does it feel like it maybe takes until it's desperation mode for the offense to finally get clicking up the other games like this? Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I felt like for a few weeks here now, um, you know, minus a few times, but like I really felt like we've been doing a good job. You know, we've been moving the ball. We've been doing things. Even today, I thought we were moving the heck out of the ball. Uh, we had a lot of explosives in the past game. Um, we felt very confident with all that, uh, and that felt good. Um, but the execution of critical situations wasn't there. Um, and it takes offensive football it takes all eleven. You know, it takes all eleven, um, and and that that's frustrating. Yes, I'm I am human. Like that does you know anger me. And uh, but I'm trying my best to be positive and keep pushing forward because that's all I know to do. Because um, that's that's what's going to solve the problem. So um, I, also at the end of games, like I, you know, Coach Gruden always told me, he said we're never out of a game. We keep that right arm in it. You know, so I've always just that mentality. You know, you just as a quarterback, you're like we're, I, I kept telling our guys, keep believing, we're going to win, we're going to win. Boom, we'd score. Boom, we'd score. Then you felt the you felt the belief rise. Um, but we didn't. We just ran out of time. Derek, how much of a momentum change was that not making it on fourth down there with under two minutes left and then they come down and score right before half? You're exactly right. It was huge. Yeah, it was. And it hurts. You know, it's hard. Um, and again, you know, when we knew we knew we were going to be aggressive in the game, DA was very clear. Um, you know, with that and especially, you know, laying out the plan. Hey, if it's doing, if they're doing this and it's going like this, and we got to be aggressive. You know, you can't beat these guys kicking field goals. They're just too good. And they're Super Bowl champions, you know, and they still got a lot of their guys. And so, um, you know, we knew that. Uh, we just felt bad that as an offense we couldn't, um, you know, execute that for them because then it makes it hard uh, momentum-wise and on the defense. And we don't, we don't ever want to put them in that position. When you can't get the run game going like today, you know, stopped up. How, how, how does that make your like passing the passing game more difficult? Yeah, uh, it, it makes it difficult, um, especially with ninety nine over there. Especially when he knows you know you got to throw it. That makes it difficult on protection calls because now they can do certain things because they know you're doing things for him, and it, it absolutely makes it difficult. But I, I thought we threw it well. You know, I thought our our guys, you know, for the most part, you know. Um, were, were, where they needed to be. Um, you know, it wasn't perfect, um, but uh, it definitely, to answer that part, it definitely makes it hard 
for, for a lot of reasons. I, and I'm not going to ramble on, but it definitely does, you know, st- stress things, especially when you got a guy like that over there. And, you know, obviously late in the game when with the big deficit you had to throw it, but early in the game, do you feel like things were too one-dimensional? Uh, no, I, I mean, I loved our play action stuff. You know, I think we had a... I can't remember off the top of my head, like four explosives, you know, in the first half, just play actions. And, you know, that's the threat of you know, the way we've, we've been running it. You know, that's the threat. You know, when I, I talked about earlier this week, when I turned my back and they got to make decisions and things like that and guys are winning, um, I thought that was a big part. I, I thought that was a good part for us, honestly. Um, uh, but I think it hurt. it's hard for a play caller. You know, he calls one in the second 10. You know, that's it's not a lot of calls that it makes it easy. You know, you, you know, it's not that's not efficient. So um, we'll look at that uh, again. I'm turning my back to those. So I don't know what was going on. But, you know, we'll, we'll look at it and try and correct these things for these last two. Along the line of free calls, was there just not a lot of things in place for Jimmy Grant today? Yeah, there was a couple of times where he could have got it um, in certain looks, certain coverages, or matchups. Ended up getting the ball to somebody else, and so that I, you know, there was definitely a plan in place for him. So I, I wouldn't say that it was like uh, that, that nothing was there for him. It was just certain looks that the ball just happened to go to other people. Derek Carr's post game interview is brought to you by the Bill Hood Automotive Group. Everything automotive under one hood. Cajun Cannon, well, I saw you shaking your head well, a few well, times. Well, no, well, no, at the end, uh, they were just quite, wasn't quite there uh, for Jimmy Graham. Uh, uh, it, was, it wasn't quite there for Drew Brees. A number of times, you just throw Jimmy Graham open, give him the target, we keep give him an opportunity. Right, we hear the former basketball player give him the jump ball. I mean, come on, I okay. Anyway. I mean, he has to take up for the offensive line. Uh, offensive line is soft. I mean, I, I wish they were a lot tougher. Uh, they're all upstanding citizens. Maybe we need more Kyle Turley's or something out there. Yeah, uh, some SOBs up there, that, right? Uh, you let them out the cage and they just go play. You might say, oh, well, uh, the Rams, so, buddy, boy, you don't know about that run defense. Uh, no. Uh, the Rams' run defense is middle of the pack. They were giving up 111 yards a game. And guess what? We had 16 rushing yards in the first half. We ended up with 35. Man, we got pumped. Huh. Uh, we, listen, you want to do play action? You want to do everything? Uh, no, uh, that you need to look in the mirror. Offensive, defensive line, how do you set the tone? Again, when you talk about a dominant defensive line and who we played, we weren't exactly playing the Ravens. Cleveland Browns. There was the fear of Aaron Donald. No, no, Aaron Donald. I'm talking about the whole team, though. No, They're, right, but they, they did pretty decent against Donald, the they, Saints. They did uh, pretty good against uh, Aaron Donald, but they couldn't handle, uh, handle The rest Ar- of the line, right. Ar- Ernest. No, Ernest Jones. Uh, yeah, uh, the game wrecker. Yeah, the game wrecker. So, but I mean, when that, I mean, that right there, uh, there's no excuse why we should not have had more success uh, running the football. No, uh, th- to me, that's embarrassing. Taking a break here on the Ciroc Point after going to come back with all your calls right here on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Who dat? We're back here on the Ciroc Point after and loving all you who dats hanging out with us on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk in Text Line. Uh, you know, uh, when you think about it, you know when I know when the Saints were really legit, and I'm talking about legit of legit. 2011? I, I, I never forget this. Yeah, the 2011 season. But the game, we beat the Patriots and Tom Brady (laughs) in the Superdome. I want to say Drew Brees had a perfect 
quarterback rating. And then I want to say there was either a little more than five minutes or more than six minutes left in the game. He pulled them. And Bill Belichick right. pulled Tom Brady out of the game. They never do that. And I said, man, I'm going to tell you what. The freaking Saints are for real. Do we feel like the Saints are for real right now? No. No, pretenders. No. Uh, pretenders? Not contenders. I don't know. Uh, chicken tenders, maybe. Not even pretenders. I mean, right now, I mean, it's like our schedule was so soft, and we're soft. Yeah, that's been the biggest I, I, disappointment I, I, for sure. I mean, listen, that's why I guess I really I might bet now and then. I really don't bet. Right. Because, Steve, in August, I'd have thought, because I thought maybe we were trending in the right direction. I wanted to be positive. I was thinking there's no way, when I look at strength and schedule where we're at, that we shouldn't win 10 games. You might say, okay. I think most uh, of the Houdat Nation's with you, Cannon. Okay, so I looked at it. You know why I even said 10 games? Because uh, you're playing 17. It's not like you're playing 16. I'm giving you a chance. You could be even 10 and 7. Uh, there's not that much more uh, than right, like 9 and 8, right? Yeah, you look at it. I mean, I was trying to be realistic. Uh, that's why I thought, look, while you take care of the Rams, I mean, uh, are, are the Rams invincible? They were 500 like us. They looked it today. Oh, yeah, they look it compared to us. They looked that way. And then I said, come on, you got to take care of uh, uh, Atlanta. Atlanta don't even know who's their quarterback to close out the season. And then Baker Mayfield, is he that magical? Come on, we paid Derek Carr to be the magical guy. That's why, I mean, all I know is when you're playing in any division that you should, I'm not saying go undefeated. That, that's, not unre, that's unrealistic. But if you're heading in the right direction, I'm not even saying 5-1, and one, you should be at least 4-2. and two. Okay, we swept Carolina. So you know what we got to do? Now you have to beat the Bucs uh, yeah. because we've lost to them, right? Yes, yes, but we still don't get the 10 wins. I mean, it's so average, it's so mediocre, and it's like, oh, are we trending and heading in the right direction? What? You go from seven wins, seven and ten, uh, to nine and eight, and uh, you have the weakest schedule in franchise history? Uh, no. Uh, you can't sugarcoat sugar that to the Houdat Nation. Come on. And now we need help. The Saints have to win out, and you need the Bucks to at least lose one of their games against the Jags or the Panthers to close out the season. Well, uh, probably not the Panthers, but who knows? Atlanta lost to the Panthers. The Panthers are terrible, but you never know. Uh, is Trevor Lawrence playing when they play the Jaguars? That I don't know. He's in the protocol. Uh, concussion protocol, Sunday. right. So I'm sure Christmas Eve, we might uh, maybe look on your phone or look at, uh, let me see what's happening here yeah. between, uh, you know, uh, Jacksonville. Hopefully Travis Etienne yeah. runs all over the Bucks. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll be back with more of the Ciroc Point after after these messages here on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Back here on the Ciroc Point after. KJ Cannon, what caught your eye on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line? That's got you fired up. Well, I, I'm kind of chuckling, but uh, it's a lot of truth to it. And, and I want to know how many Houdat Nation members could handle this responsibility. I think if you truly object to and don't let your emotions get involved, you should be able to handle it. And this is from uh, 2142. And before I read the text, Derek Carr 
might be the best PR quarterback I've ever heard in my life. He's went through extensive media training and is oh, excellent. Oh, 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 excellent. It's always a positive spin. Now, I think sometimes, not that he's not being honest, but he's looking, instead of emotion, more to big picture, how can I help out the team and all that. But uh, I like this text here because it is true. Think how many of y'all could do this, and you'd have to be disciplined enough. Uh, this from 2142. It's sort of easy to be positive when you're making, not as before taxes, <laughs> but you're still when you're making $150 million. Sounds good. Okay, uh, does Derek Carr ever have to worry about his future uh, generational uh, wealth for his kids and all that? No, set him up. I mean, we're in the holidays, and, you know, you fight, and you play hard, and you want to compete, and you can get discouraged. But when you look at the big picture, well, hell yeah, he should be positive. He hit the lottery already. He hit the football lottery. He hit life's lottery. But when you say, like, uh, well, I, I wish maybe he'd be more, have his emotions on his sleeve and uh, let it all out. But he's calculated. And I understand why he is. Because you know why? He's the quarterback of the future. And the future is the rest of this year and next year because what they have invested in him. Right. That he has to work out. It is what it is, right. So he can't go freaking crazy and uh, all of a sudden uh, be like, oh, man. Uh, we're going to have to cut bait. There's no way we can have him around uh, because it's, uh, you know, he's too up and down. And you keep even keel. Say we got to keep working. Uh, but we still have a chance. we got two games left. No, Derek Carr does an outstanding job with the media. But, again. Well, he's smart. Uh, he's not going to come out there and just say, oh, the old line was terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we need to make some changes and – uh, you got to be kidding me! Everyone's got to look at the mirror. Yeah, he, he won't. He won't be as flamboyant or um, at times like Cam Newton. You know, Cam Newton was the MVP in the NFL. I mean, look at Cam Newton, uh, the showman that he is. But you know, whether you like that or you don't like that type of personality, uh, no. Um, to me, that makes sense. That text where, yeah, Derek Carr is always going to be positive. When the hell is going to be negative about? I mean, now you want to win, and uh, you know you want your cake and eat it too. You want to be well compensated, but also lead your team to victory and all that. But when you look at the big picture, okay, do I really have problems? You might, uh, you know, what problems you have is first world problems, not third world. Third world problems is like, damn, what am I going to eat tomorrow? Or am I worried about if I'm going to survive? So uh, me and T-Bob talk about this. You know when you think you have issues in your life that all of a sudden, you know, in, America's, uh, in America, we're so fortunate how blessed we are that we really think we have problems. It's first world problems. You don't really have problems. When I still look at your ancestors, now I'm going off on a tangent like that cat was just on the radio uh, uh, about Okay, uh, are we worried about what we're going to eat tomorrow, what we're going to eat next week? Do you have a roof over your head? Can you get out the weather? No. I mean, come on. So that's why you could be kind of your brain, how it's wired, and you get all emotional and frustrated and all that. No. Uh, when Truly what bothers us 
is like first world problems. It's not third world problems. It's like, oh, uh, I, I'm in Gaza or something. I don't know. We're getting bombed and <laughs> uh, what's going to come about. So you got to keep it in perspective. And I think that's what Derek Carr does. We'll be back with more right after this on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network, closing it out. Back here on the Ciroc Point After, going to pause 10 seconds right now for stations to identify themselves on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Give one of our hoodats the last say of the evening. Josh in West Monroe, what you got for us? Man, uh, I just want to say uh, I've always been a big believer in uh, NFL. Everybody's pros. It's the people who get up to play the game who's going to win because everybody's pros. Like Sean Payton used to have stuff in people's lockers that don't like put cheese in there and say, "Don't don't take the cheese or whatever." Like each week, you got to get these guys right. motivated. I don't know if any of that stuff's going on or not, but uh, it just seems like we need somebody like Gruden in there that's going to get in your face and hold you accountable for stuff instead of everybody just saying, "Hey, I'm paid. I'm in the NFL. We're doing all right," and, and that's that. Uh, no, that, that, that's a good point uh, you make there. And, um, hey, I, I don't know what's going to come about. I think the jury's still out. Uh, what are we going to do uh, to close out uh, against a division rival in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Falcons? Uh, but I, I tell you what, all I know is uh, nine wins is not uh, ten wins. <laughs> no, so that is correct. So even if we win the last two, that's not double digits. And this schedule didn't get any uh, more favorable than it was going into the season. Unacceptable. I want to thank our team behind the scenes of the Saints Radio Network, executive producers Diane Newman, Kevin Cassidy, Saints sales manager DePaul Smith, associate producer Scott Colomb, assistant producer Ian Hoke, studio producers Charlie Long, Chris Coleman, Cullen Steele, plus station engineers Danny Miller and Ernie Kane. On behalf of our Saints Radio broadcast team, Mike Hoss, Deuce McAllister, Jeff Nowak, and Robert Carroll, thanks for listening to the Saints football. I'm Steve Geller. Talk to you next week on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Cajun Cannon, say goodnight. All right. Bon nuit, les gens. Good night, people. Who that go, Saints? Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.